you know before uh, we started dating i was very clear that i will not marry a muslim they are discrediting they are invalidating and trivializing the entire harassment episode that i went through along with acknowledging a privilege you also decide what to do with your privilege you're listening to the quince podcast mia bibi razi but interfaith marriages in india not so easy our guest today knows this too well you're listening to news and views the queen's podcast series where we introduce you to some of the greatest minds across different fields through in-depth interviews i'm maitre ramesh and today we are going to be talking to atira sujata Atira moved the Supreme Court challenging provisions of the Special Marriages Act that made it mandatory for publishing personal information of interfaith couples 30 days before their wedding. India's apex court refused to entertain her petition. But what made her move the Supreme Court? How do interfaith couples react to the times that we live in today? She talks about all this and more. But before we jump in, you can check out the episodes of News and Views and all the other podcasts by The Quint on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us on the show today, Atira. Thank you, Maitri, for having me. So you were in news recently and how would you describe what happened in the Supreme Court and what was your first reaction to it? um what happened in supreme court was definitely uh, disappointing but not something that i did not expect i um it would have been a bonus if the supreme court had even heard the uh, case uh, uh, but um, they didn't you know in a way i'm actually happy that there was some sort of a i mean there's some sort of decision that has come because all this while like i applied uh for the writ petition in 2020 but now that the supreme court has basically said that oh this person is not a aggrieved party so uh, the, the i mean it does not make any the petition does not make any sense makes me also feel more confident to understand what my next step should be and i can actually you know regroup with my team and then re-strategize on how i am planning to go about with it so this provision under the special marriages act it's actually a roadblock for many couples like you Yes, but i yes. just want to understand you know what made you actually move the supreme court in the first place uh um shamim uh and i um started dating 2006 right so um and uh, we were very clear that we would want to um get married only after uh, our parents are also bought into this idea um so we waited and once we were financially independent we had much more confidence to basically go to our parents and present um this to them and my parents after they met shamim they were completely fine with uh, us going ahead with it so you know and this is like a the most beautiful moments that we are supposed to enjoy right and when we applied um to the registrar office under the special marriage act and you know even the officer told us that we have to get a resident certificate from the village office we went to the village office where the village officer on my face asked me if if i have eloped and come when he saw that the names of the two the couples were basically from different religions and i'm like yeah 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 of course with my along with my father i eloped because my father was right there i mean they just assume that there are there is no blessings from the parents which is usually the case and or they just assume that oh these uh, naive um, women are basically being 
um you know trapped by uh, muslim men and they will be converted and they are basically going to be taken to syria all those things that's how generally the the, the society perceives any interfaith um couple or interfaith relationship to be actually adira i want to go back a little bit and you know yeah. i'm a sucker for love stories and one of the posts <laughs> that you know i really loved was uh, your post uh, on the india love project where you know you talk yeah. uh, about how you and shamim met in 2006 and you know one part where i really found it cute was that you said we knew immediately that we liked each other but you know we yeah. waited so what was that wait like you know i i mean as much as we want to talk about everything you know that was a challenge for you i think we would really want our listeners to also know that how interfaith relationships are like any other relationships yeah i mean uh, uh, see we met and then uh, we got talking and there was a sense of comfort right like that's how that's what we both felt in the relationship like we both were just were at ease it was very effortless you know uh, but did uh, you know uh, the fact that you were a practicing hindu and him being a muslim did that ever yeah, feature yeah. in your conversation before uh, you know you started dating you know before uh, we started dating i mean before i um, knew about shamim i was very clear that i will not marry a muslim or anyone from any other religion okay <laughs> because uh, i we have one cousin who got married to a muslim and we've seen them living very happily and all that uh, but you know somewhere in our in, in it was just uh, instilled in us that you know oh, don't you should not get married to a person from another religion look at you know the kind of tension the parents would be having etc um but after meeting shamim uh, i was um, I somehow that the religion as a factor just disappeared but you know probably it was there in the back of my mind because of which we did not really you know uh, uh, acknowledge that we both were in love for a very long time <laughs> that's very cute so what had changed by the time you know you decided to talk marriage or, or you decided okay now is the time maybe you know we can consider settling down we shamim and i both had a lot of empathy for our parents also because we really wanted to ensure that our parents are also very comfortable with this and wholeheartedly and not because they are forced um so uh, uh, i was i think uh, it was only in 2016 2017 that i became financially independent and that's when we decided okay we will now uh, take this to parents they knew for sure but um, they were also um, trying to understand how serious i was about this and so i think they were also waiting when i'm going to present to them and when i did uh, they were like you know we, of course we want to meet shamim and they met shamim and after that um uh, shamim is their uh, it's it's as if you know shamim is their son and i am the daughter in law that really worked once they met him they were very confident you know all, otherwise parents were also worried oh my god will there be religious conversion his parents were also worried considering the state of our country right now even his parents were worried right if there will be conversion and ghar wapasi and all those things um and my parents were also worried but once the parents met each other we realized that you know none of the all these worries were uh, misplaced unfortunately you are also a victim of the targeting over you know what is notoriously called love jihad in these times can you take us through what exactly happened when you went to the registrar office and then when uh, they decided to publish your details on their notice board sure 
so see after we uh, submitted our application uh, in the registrar office i think two weeks later um shamin got a notification on facebook saying that hi a, fo- a, a photo that that is very similar to your face has been uploaded a- on facebook would you like yourself to get tagged to it facebook has a feature so when shamin went and looked at that notification he saw our um uh, application along with 120 other applications uploaded by a person um who sits out of uh, us and he's a doctor so we were like okay what is happening so the post read that you know okay uh, uh, you know um love jihad is rampant in kerala in last one month 120 couples across kerala uh, have registered under special marriage act now these uh, women will be transported to syria where they will be rearing goats and they will be uh, you know sex slaves for the uh, jihadi soldiers um so it went on like that so then me and my friends reported the post on facebook immediately pulled it down and they probably realized that okay their posts are getting reported so then uh, the same post started getting posted by several other handles most of them were um hindu right wingers um and we kept on reporting those posts and then they moved this conversation to whatsapp um once something is on whatsapp then nobody has control over nobody has control right yeah and then few weeks later my mom gets a forward of the same thing that talks about how we should go to these girls homes because obviously in the application our addresses are there right um uh, it's such imagine such a violation of our privacy your home address what the work that you're doing your photograph everything is there on the application and that is what has been that been going viral so um they were making strategies about how we should be visiting these girls naive hindu sisters quote uh, homes and educate their parents maybe because the parents are not aware of this marriages so we should educate their parents and ensure that um, uh, we rescue uh, these girls from the from the traps of uh, good looking muslim young men that that was the message so um Uh, my mom basically forwarded this to me and said that you know probably you should take it to the police and i said yeah i will take it i will handle it and see i did not want to spoil the mood of my wedding because i was pretty thrilled i was planning um uh, a to z of the wedding we thought you know we'll just let the wedding happen um so the registry register marriage happened in, uh, on 21st of december and then we did the reception for a very close friends and family on december 26th of 2019 and then covid hit right and the world changed and then uh, after i think close to 6 months the chief minister the kerala's chief minister's daughter also got married to a, a politician who is also a muslim and uh, i w- i don't know why i was just curious to see if the handles that posted about um, special marriage act right and about love jihad i i was curious to see what they were posting about chief minister's daughter getting married to a muslim um so i went to these profiles and i checked and they were spewing the same venom about how uh, this is like a calculated effort and how this is also love jihad etc so this could just happen to anybody it yeah and I, yeah exactly now you are assuming that the chief minister's family will probably uh will not have to go through these but then you get to know that you know no one is spared from this and uh, that's when i decided to write about my experience uh initially i was thinking that the photographs were being taken from the notice board of the register office where the applications are pinned for 30 days because some of the photos did look like that uh when i wrote this post couple of uh, couples interfaith couples reached out to me saying that um uh, most of the f- 
photographs that were uploaded were taken from the registration website of Kerala government. So then when we went to the Kerala government website, we realized that all these applications were getting uploaded um, to the website as part of the digitization initiative of the government. Little did the government also know that, you know, um, these kind of uh, uh, extreme um, uh, groups would actually use it to their advantage and download the application. So uh, did you actually expect this kind of backlash when you first reached the registrar office or after all these events that followed as well? Yeah, see, I always expect backlash for everything. But I did. I was actually thinking that, you know, maybe there will, gen- there will be general conversations about Love Jihad, but little did I know that your applications are going to get leaked. Um, right? That was not something that I expected at all. So once I... And when it happened, what was your first reaction? Was it to like fight mode or like you said earlier did you say like i just want to get married now i'll think about this later yeah of course you know you have your bout of anxieties coming in and going thinking what is going to happen i um, shamim and i were actually worried about our parents safety because we don't want these groups to basically march to our parents homes and then you know create a scene there so before i interrupted you you were talking about how the kerala government uh website is one of the places where you know these informations were being taken from by the trolls if i may call them so uh, online and i remember in 2020 you wrote a post about you know this and a lot of other interfaith couples also reached out to you so what was the kerala government's reaction and you know and in response to that they also took down uh, what yeah. they were doing i wrote a post tagging the minister concerned minister um, Shri Sudhagaran sir and asked him about you know what are they going to do about it and I think a couple of people saw the post and a lot of people obviously shared uh, my post as well and uh, um, few people shared it with his office and then um, uh, they reached out saying that you know this was not their intention and they were doing this as part of digitization and that uh, uh, they are sending a noti- notice to uh, they are basically sending a notice to NIC to ensure that um, no longer the applications will be should get uploaded. So uh, I think the entire decision came uh, in in under a week after I posted, which I thought was amazing, right? Like the fact that the government understands that there was a loophole and, they, and the fact that they were ready to immediately fix it. I think that is commendable. So after this, the COVID happened and then you decided to move the Supreme Court. What did your petition seek, basically? See... Uh, so after basically this uh, applications uh, being uploaded to the website um, clause was removed, I realized that um, there are also applications that gets uploaded to social media, which are basically photos taken from the registration offices. So that's when uh, I realized that, you know, the the very um, clause under Special Marriage Act that talks about having a 30-day notice period where your note your application is put on the notice board for anyone and everyone to raise an objection I thought was very discriminatory and also a violation to your privacy because your entire address and everything is just published out there and I don't think it is okay. So Adira, I just want to read out what the Supreme Court has said with regard to your petition in one line. They said that if it is your personal cause, it ceases to be a PIL. But I think there is enough data, enough an- anecdotal references to say otherwise. So what were your reactions on the Supreme Court's, you know, decision? 
Yeah, I mean, see, uh, when the Supreme Court is saying that I'm not an aggrieved party, they are discrediting, they are invalidating and trivializing the entire harassment episode that I went through. Because, you know, there were graph- graphic rape threats, there were cyberbullying, there were a lot of uh, things that uh, I went through. And I had um, filed the writ petition in 2020. When the Supreme Court is hearing it in 2022 and they are just saying that I am not an aggrieved party, is it my mistake that they did not hear the petition in last two years? How can this just assume that, you know, oh, because you your marriage is over, uh, you are no longer an aggrieved party? That does not make any sense. Uh, so it's a very technical ground based on which the Supreme Court has uh, denied to um, hear the petition. They understand that this is discriminatory. They have not said that it is not discriminatory. They have just said that I am not an aggrieved party. So is it, I mean, as much as I agree with you that, you know, Supreme Court should have heard it or should have at least given a chance to hear the petition. Uh, but don't you also think the legislature is equally responsible to take cognizance of whatever is happening? Um, They are. Uh, I think in Delhi High Court also there was a similar hearing where the Delhi High Court did ask the Ministry of law and order to give their explanation and they said that the ministry of law and order got back and said that you know the current clauses are fair so we know what the government is thinking already right they feel that it is fair the clauses are here to protect have other people reached out to you after you started the petition and you know what are their stories are you willing to share some of them um i have to be very honest in saying that because, you know, we, we had the support from the family and we had a great ecosystem and we were financially independent and we were probably comparatively much more privileged than most of the other interfaith couples. Um, we had it comparatively easier than the many other interfaith couples who go through really bad, uh, you know, uh, experiences. They have the pressure from the family. They have pressure from extremist groups. Uh, people basically find the address, go as groups to the girls' homes and threaten the parents. There are a lot of things that the interfaith couples go through. So then the, then the question that Chamim and I sat and asked is, then what do you do with the privilege, right? Like, okay, we have privilege. We probably also have a little bit of money to fight this in court. Um, and that's how this entire petition uh, filing in Supreme Court happened. When a lot of couples reach out to me, they talk about the their parents shutting them in in rooms for months and a lot of these you know, people like priests who come and try to brainwash them. And for, Their prime focus is basically to ensure that they are safe in a city, trying to find a job, trying to become financially stable in a new city. And they're really hoping that, you know, other couples in the future will not have to experience the same. So what do you also want to tell to, you know, young couples who are in interfaith relationships? Because today we are also living in a country where, you know, something as simple as a advertisement, you know, that shows interfaith couple is, you know, being called out on social media for God knows what reason. Yeah. So um, before that, I just want to talk about one more thing, right? That is. Uh, a lot of people um, who are um, throwing hate do not understand what Special Marriage Act is. The very core of Special Marriage Act is basically that you don't convert. And, you know, of course, there are people reaching out to me saying that, but you also know that there are, there have been women who have been transported to 
you know transported as sexless of course there are but um, it is not by having such a discriminatory clause under special marriage act that the government should be finding a solution to it so what is something that you would say to like interfaith couples who are sort of not talking marriage only because of religion um i think uh, uh, love is a beautiful feeling and having someone to love is even more beautiful there will always be sections of the society criticizing you uh you know coming up uh you know with arms against you saying that you are not that you should be only living uh on the terms that they dictate you've said such a beautiful thing basically love and let love so adina what next for you as well because you know from our conversation today i know that you're not going to back down yeah, yeah definitely not um so uh, i am trying to find uh, i mean we, we definitely have couple of uh, um strategies that we are jamming about but one would be to also find like minded couples who can join the fight um and then you know form a group and then decide our a course of you know our next steps thank you so much for joining us on the show atira it was such a pleasure talking to you pleasure is all mine my three That was this episode of News and Views with Atira. Follow us on Instagram at the Quint and tell us what you want us to talk about in our next episode. And don't forget to check out our website www.thequint.com for more groundbreaking reports and videos. This was my trade Amish, and I'll see you next time. News and Views is a Quint original podcast, executive produced by Shelly Walia and Ritu Kapoor. This episode was hosted by Maitri Ramesh, edited and produced by Anjali Palod, and theme music by BMG Production Music. Special thanks to our guest Atira Sojata.